coming up. It's Super Bowl week. It's also Waste Management Phoenix Open week as well. Tim joins me to break this tournament down. We talk about what we saw at Pebble Beach as well. Tim is actually going to this tournament, so super jealous, and he provides some good perspective on that. Uh, Later in the week, we'll have a Super Bowl show with Nate, the Rams fan, Zach Fitzgerald, and then we're going to do some props with Rich later in the week. Uh, Before we get to tonight's podcast, I need to mention Swimming Into View. They are playing at the Weather the Forts Winter Festival uh, in downtown Fort Wayne at the Landing. Saturday, February 19th. Should be an awesome time. Uh, It's free from 3 to 9. I don't know exactly what time Swimming Into View is playing, um, but... This should be a fun uh, fun little event. Live music, food and drinks, uh, fire dancing. I don't even know where that's going to be or what that's going to look like, but that sounds awesome. It's family-friendly, uh, fun winter activity to get you through February. Uh, so check out our friends at Swimming Into View. And, of course, I need to publicly thank our, our friend Josh Cross with Swimming Into View, who's also the editor of this podcast. He has put an unreasonable amount of work in uh, the last couple of months, especially last week with the Days of Thunder podcast. That was maybe the biggest production he has helped out with. So I need to publicly thank Mr. Cross for all of his work and um, his dedication to making this show less terrible than it it probably is. But So thanks, Josh. Appreciate you. And here we go. It's the Waste Management Phoenix Open Preview. Welcome to Your Best Bets, uh, Monday night of the Waste Management Open Week. I'm going to review what we saw at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am last week, preview the Waste Management Open, also talk about some other uh, news in the golf world. Tim Miller is here, back-to-back podcast for you, uh, just really working hard for uh, Your Best Bet lately. Yeah, man, it's nice to be back on a golf uh, pod because that's been that's been a minute. But um, I've been betting a little bit more lately. I took a break, but I've been I've been putting some money down unsuccessfully. But uh, you know, I had I had Spieth uh, last weekend, and then I had uh, some little five dollar bets on some some high odd guys at the uh, on, on Sundays. None of them worked out, but that's okay. It's still fun to have a guy in, in contention, and uh, it's good to be back here talking golf. Uh, it's a good it's a good week for me to talk golf. By my records, the last time you were on the, the golf podcast was last March, uh, talking about the Colin Morikawa. Or no, it was the Max Homa win. Pre- it was previewing the uh, what would be the Colin Morikawa win. So it's been it's been a second. Um, glad to have you here. Uh, you know, a pretty good Sunday at, at Pebble Beach. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues with some of these early season tournaments with, 
when they have multiple golf courses like this week, I think this is the last week we're going to see multiple golf courses in rotation. So it's kind of hard to track the leaderboard when guys are playing the easy course, who's playing the hard course. Uh, but finally, at least on Sunday, we see the guys playing the same golf course. And I think at one point there was five guys tied for lead, six or seven guys could have won on Sunday. For a long time, it looked like Spieth was going to come uh, come out on top. Um, you know, watch, and, and I guess I got a lot of thoughts on Spieth because uh, um, he he provides some sort of feeling when you're watching that not a lot of guys provide. Uh, but Tom Hoagie wins. And I was telling Johnny, I'm like, that's, I, you know, I, I put Hoagie my best bets a couple weeks ago. Been talking about him a while. He's been a top five iron player on tour. I don't know what you know about him, but what did you, what was your impression seeing him birdie through the last five and really kind of steal this one? Well, it, it, on the front nine for him, it was pretty ho hum. Um, I think he shot 36 on the front. It, it didn't look like, he was going to be that competitive at the end, but he really didn't make a mistake on the, uh, on the back nine. He played really well, um, really good iron shots, um, late in the day, hit that uh, long putt on, uh, the par three. And that was right after Spieth had bogeyed and, uh, kind of inexcusable there from Spieth, you know, like good bunker shot. Um, uh, just, it just seemed like, he he hit it either hit it too hard or he did not enter the right break or something you know like i think they I think he said he hit it through the break but even after the the hole it didn't seem like it it broke enough for that putt to go in but no it was actually really exciting i don't like the i like sunday at pebble beach because they're playing the same course there's no celebrities out there messing messing around that that stuff's all fun but you know, when you're, you got money on it, you just want to see the golf and it was a really good finish on Sunday. I enjoyed it. What's your, what's your guess on a Tom Kogi career earnings? Oh man. 10 million. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. 10.7 million. I mean, he came on tour in 2011. Got us. He he won a couple of Corn Ferry events, 200 plus PGA Tour starts, uh, and that's a week after Luke List wins his first event, 200 plus starts. Uh, I think it's kind of cool when you see these guys that have been grinding for so long. Um, you know, they're they're just trying to keep their card. Uh, they're making, you know, happy to make cuts and and make the paychecks, and they finally win a tournament. I think it's a pretty cool story. Um, so we see that back-to-back weeks and guys like this list and Hoagie are more common than your guys like Spieth and Morikawa, JT. You just don't ever hear about them, but th- these are the guys that are really 85, 90% of the tour, the guys that are grinding away week after week, you know, happy to come away at the top 20. So it's kind of cool to see these guys take down one of the big names, you know, at least once in a while. That was fun. I, I, I always root for the underdog. And, uh, I think, I think he was definitely the underdog in that situation, especially, you know, once it got like there, there, everybody was about to, the leaders were about to make the turn. Anybody in contention was about to make the turn. It just got really interesting. There was a, a big pack of guys right there at the lead or with the lead. And he, for a while, he didn't really know who was going to win that tournament, but he did exactly what he had to do. And yeah, it's kind of nice to see the guy that you don't expect the 10 million career earning guy went a pretty damn big event yeah um 
Yeah, and Hoagie, like since start of the year, uh, you know, the wraparound season starting in, in September, like I said, top three in strokes gained approach. So he's a real flusher. Um, when the putter gets kind of decent, he's usually in the mix. I think he finished second uh, out of Palm Springs a couple weeks ago. So this isn't a real surprise. Uh, it was weird, though, because, you know, I had bet Spieth pre-tournament. It was going to be not not like a earth-shattering win, but it was going to be a, uh, some sort of profitable week. And I felt like going into the 15th hole, he's up by two. It looks – it feels like he's sitting pretty well. He he gets – he manages to make par there, par 16, but at the same time, Hoagie's uh, making birdie on 14. And then the bogey on 17, it, that, it just really flipped really quickly. It's weird how in golf it feels like, man, it's going one way and a couple shots and, and, and then, you know, the guy that you don't expect to, to come out, you know, pulls it out based off of some really good shots at the end. Um, speed though, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you saw the shot on Saturday uh, on eight, right at the edge of the cliff. Of course. Um, yep. Where he hits it in the penalty area, but it's enough room to hit it. Um, but this is like that's like typical speed, though. He's always living on the edge. It feels like his swing is always, or or his game is close to being, you know, where he's going to go on a run of wins, or he's close. He's on the edge of you know missing a bunch of cuts. It feels like it's a roller coaster with him. Uh, almost every event. So this this event was perfect. He barely made the cut. He was down 10 starting Saturday. Then he's about to win. Then he ends up losing. I mentioned this last year with Johnny. It was actually the Phoenix event. I feel like watching him brings out some sort of emotion in people that not many other players provide. And I don't know what it is about him. What, what do you think or what do you see when you watch Spieth? Is it because, in a way, he plays a game that we're all familiar with? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people did or were annoyed there for a while with Jordan and, you know, some of the stuff that he says and, and does on the course and just, you know, his, his interactions with his caddy and stuff. I don't, I don't know exactly what the reasons were that people were, you know, kind of down on him, but I, I just think he was to me like that, that next generation kind of golfer, the first one that came you know, post Tiger that I felt like had a potential to be, you know, one of the better players that ever played the game. And I, I still think he's close to that. I mean, I think I read somewhere that since 2013, he has the most second place finishes. Like you think, uh, you think golf and you think about what you just said, how one shot makes or breaks this or that. That's like, 14 or 15 times, whatever the number is in the, since 2013, that he could have easily won those events. And we'd probably have a different conversation if, even if he won half of those, he would have. So I guess I just enjoy watching him because I think he is kind of, sometimes it seems like he's a little out of control, but it really made me mad for him because I felt like he needed to, to win that tournament. Like I felt like that was a big one for him. And I, I don't know if it would have changed anything if he makes that par putt if Hoagie still makes the birdie, but I think it would have at least gave him a shot. And I think he knew when he missed it, his tournament was over. It's no, it's a good point though, with, with Spieth, because it's the out of control feeling is, is really on point. 
you know, I've always thought when he hits his irons really well, like he did Saturday, he's one of the best because you trust him putter. His driving is always a little erratic. Um, it's just, it's, it's just weird though. He's always on the edge. He pulls stuff kind of out of his ass all the time, 30 foot, 40 foot bombs, hold bunker shots to win. Um, he just provides something different. It, it, I think it's because, in a way, he makes the game look really challenging, which we know it is, as opposed to maybe a guy like when he's rolling, Dustin or Rory, that kind of make it look easy when they're rolling. And right. I don't know. There's something about speed that makes it makes the game more relatable to watch. Uh, and I, when, I wasn't a real big fan of him, but now seeing him struggle and try to come back, like he did last year. I Now I find him a little bit more endearing to watch. I root for him a little bit more. Um, I do hate his new swing takeaway, though. Um, I, I, I don't know if you paid attention enough, but something he added this year, and I know he's working on a swing, but I, I just I, – I, I cannot watch his little rehearsal. It's – I don't know. It's super um, awkward to watch. Uh, but I guess when you're going through swing changes, there's some sort of feel – that you've been practicing, which I'm sure he has. Um, I know he's talked about having the club too closed at, at, um, at the top. He's trying to, uh, you know, make it more open at the top. But uh, so that's just from, from an aesthetic standpoint. I'm not a fan of that. No, I, I noticed the swing change. And, and I guess <clears throat> we all do things in the game that we, we intend to make ourselves better. I don't know if that's the move or not. Um, I, I didn't see that big of an issue. And, and I kind of, I'm kind of curious when pros say they feel like they're too close at the top. Like when you put that on track, man, and, and you see what, you know, what your, 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 your club angle is at, um, at impact. It's like, how are their numbers compared to ours kind of thing? You know, like, and how do they know that that, that club is too closed at the top? And that's the problem in the swing. There's a lot of ways to swing a golf club, and that's what's crazy is you can swing it a lot of different ways with uh, with similar results. I mean, <clears throat> and even on the track, man, I, I see it all the time to where I feel like I hit one like junk, and it, it's a decent shot. It's something I would have totally played with on the course, but but these pros are, so, I guess they're so meticulous with their swing, and they're always looking for something new. Uh, I hope he finds it. I've always kind of been a fan. Um, he also brought Under Armour into golf, I think. I think that's pretty important. Sometimes they they give him some looks that are not not great, but um, the speaking of not great, Troy Merritt, I don't know how much you saw him. He's got to be the stressed guy uh, in golf. I, you know, he showed oh, up yesterday, but he had some He's had some traditionally horrible things to wear. Um, the picks weren't great who this was, week. Who was it wearing the uh, the the old like Paul Azinger visor? Was that uh, Hostler? Is that who that guy was? Oh yeah, Bo. Who? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you uh, in this day and age? Why would you with everything that's available to wear? Why would you say, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for? I want that visor right there. It's just. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's like a deliberate throwback or it's, I think it has to be right. I was going to say that, is that like a, like a hipster Vogue thing where now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wear the huge visor purposely. Cause now it's, it's coming back. I, I don't know. I don't I know. Is that guy a hipster? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, 
Um, wasn't rooting for that guy though because of the visor. I've 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 kind of had a thing for Hostler for a while. Johnny and I, every time I mention him on the, on here, he he throws a fit. But um, the picks weren't good this week. Um, I didn't have a good feeling about the top of the board coming in. So I my my best pick was Andrew Putnam. He was you know leader through fifty four. He was eighty to one. I had some irrational thoughts he might be able to get it done. Um, no, Mark's picks, Johnny's picks weren't really close either. So this week was a bit of a wash, but we'll still live off the Luke List win of last week. Um, big event this week in uh, Saudi Arabia, um, Harold Varner, who from all accounts is probably one of the most likable guys, fan favorite, wins, uh, still hasn't won a PGA Tour event, but uh, leaders pretty much the whole tournament. And then he gets to the 17th or the 71st hole and he's down uh, two shots to Bubba made a big charge on Sunday, of course, and birdies uh, 17 to get within one, then, you know, 18 is a par five gets to the front of the green and two and has, I think I saw 96 feet for Eagle. And um, I mean, it's just the most unlikely awesome thing to to bury that putt because it was up a huge slope, probably broke seven, eight, nine feet to the left. And, uh, it was just dead center and, uh, it was awesome. I, I let you know about it and I said, you got to check this out. It was, it was insane. So that, and also probably the coolest celebration I've seen in a while. No, that was awesome. I, when you sent me that, I immediately looked it up and it, it was awesome. It's unbelievable. Such a low percentage, putt to go in and not just to go in, but, to win the tournament and, and an Eagle, like there's so many cool things that happen there. And then the way that he celebrated, it was, it was a pretty awesome moment. I was kind of curious what you felt like, you know, I know it, it was in Saudi and it wasn't, you know, I don't, if, if that would have happened at Pebble to win the tournament, like how legendary of a putt would something oh, yeah. of that length be? Yeah. Well, it, but it's, it, in this situation, it's it happened in Saudi, and it was whatever. You know, like this guy won this this tournament, but yeah, you know, it's still like pretty historical. Like, so I, I can't imagine there's too many putts out there that are longer than that to no. win a tournament. Yeah, that's no, that's a good point. Um, it, I think it it definitely became the main point of the of the tournament, the main story of the tournament when it looked like for a while pretty much this tournament every year is controversial in nature. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, big, uh, big shout out to Mark though. Uh, he did on the podcast. He said he was going to take Varner at 50 to one. Yeah. Um, so he did, did pick him on the podcast. Didn't That's make it awesome. in his best place, but he, he won on the, the Varner putt. And uh, he said he was um, celebrating like the Colts won the Super Bowl. Uh, so good for him. Good job, Mark. Um, yeah, this Saudi event um, for the last, I don't know, three or four years has been pretty, pretty controversial. It's obviously run by the Saudi government and they funnel just, you know, millions of dollars to an appearance fees to these players every year. Uh, guys like, uh, I know Dustin's been going to this one for a while. Um, uh, so Bubba, Obviously, Barner. I don't know what the difference in appearance fees from from a guy like Dustin Johnson versus Harold Barner is, but um, you know, and the, it, of course, it, it it goes in conjunction with all of these alternate tour discussions with the the Super Golf League that has. And Johnny and I talked about it a few weeks ago. All these up and coming leagues, um, but Mickelson he went on record this week with a guy, a writer from Golf Digest basically blasting the tour, um, the PGA tour that is, 
really referencing all of the the greed on the PGA Tour's part, uh, talking about how there's there's roughly twenty billion dollars in digital assets they control. Um, he said they would rather throw twenty five million dollars here than give back all of that money in digital assets they control. Um, and he also said if he wins the US Open, he's going to retire as well, um, just to make that clear. Um, I don't know what to make of the Mickelson stuff. He has kind of in the last couple of years become sort of a caricature of what he used to be. He's, you know, he, you know, he won, he won the PGA last year, which is awesome. But other than that, he's kind of just been a, a quote now. He's gone out against the USGA in the past, now the PGA Tour. Um, I don't I don't know if he's got like financial issues where he's been running through his money, but you know, I obviously he's been rumored for the last couple of months to be one of the guys that the Super Golf League has been rumored to be pursuing. Um, you know, there was something out about them offering over a hundred million dollars to Bryson to become the face of of their tour. I don't know if that's true. Bryson denied it. What do you make of what Mickelson said um at first glance? Well, first glance, uh, I was kind of on his side, uh, just because we have no idea if his numbers are correct. And I'm sure that the USGA and the PGA tour will not agree with those numbers, especially as far as the, the, the digital media goes, but reading into some of that stuff, it, it, it did kind of open my eyes about how much money is, is there's a lot of transfer of money. And then there's, there's limited media stuff for the players. And if that's true, that's a little unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of a controlling body at that point, but they, they said that they put 55% of total earnings back into the pot and back in the player's hands. So, um, you know, that 55 seems like a good number. I'm not in business, but I also know that I'm like completely and totally against corporate America. And I don't, I don't know if you want to say that's what it is, or that's just the way they said they're in line. The PJ said they're in line with other major sports. You know, should they be, are they as major as NBA or NFL? Like, should they be equivalent to that? I don't know. Phil, Phil seems to me like he's not so much in actual politics, but these kind of politics, it seems like he's gotten more involved as he's gotten older. And maybe that's just what you do. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's just stirring the pot or, I can't imagine the dude would have financial trouble, but you know, I guess I guess it happened to MC Hammer. It could happen to anyone. I mean, he's made nearly a hundred million dollars on the PJ Tour alone. I mean, we know that he's been an endorsement machine. I, I forget, you know, something last year, two years ago. He's he was earning somewhere between forty and fifty million dollars in endorsements. I just, I just think it's a weird hill to die on um, talking about the PGA Tour's obnoxious greed when you're going to an event that is run by the Saudi government who has, you know, obviously been in the news for the, I, I guess the, and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not here for a moral compass, but that apparently just outrightly killed uh, an American media member. And I don't know the backstory necessarily, but there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, negativity, this controversy around this event. So you're going to take an appearance fee from the Saudi government. You're talking about potentially 
looking into this tour, you just got the PIP money apparently from the PGA tour in 2021, an extra $8 million bonus. Um, I just think it's an interesting thing to kind of really put your, put all these thoughts out there when, and call them greedy when it could be construed that you're, you're doing all this for, uh, you know, this, this massive appearance fee from, you know, a lot of people would call it blood money, I guess. You know, some might, some might say that. <laughs> so, yeah. And it he just, tries it just to feels, feels gross a little bit. He tried to save himself by saying, you know, the, the thing that he was most grateful for was the game of golf itself. And that was what it was all about. And, but at the same time, like, yeah, there is, it does seem kind of bullshit on, on his end for, especially what he just did. Um, maybe he looks at their greed different than his because he earned his greed. I don't, but that tour, that PGA tour also made him a lot, a lot of money over the years. And, and if it wasn't for that, you know, it's not like I'm not against change and, and uh, advancement of stuff. And if it, if it's somehow better for the players that there is another tour that, that these guys can play, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I, I guess if it was like, you're either playing there or you're playing here kind of thing. <clears throat> I don't know. Like it doesn't really bother me. Just it's, it's like golf is awesome right now because there's like 40 guys every week that are like legitimate chances to win, you know, that like anybody can win these things. And it's great where the, the, the competition level of the PGA is it's, it's unlike anything has ever been in the PGA. It's, it's ridiculous, but you know, if, if it's not good for the players and, and they want to go a different direction with things, but I don't know if that's the case or is this is just a Phil Mickelson situation. And he's, I've never been a real big fan of Phil, like ever. Like I just, I don't know why. I didn't care, you know, that he won last year. I, like, I don't, I kind of hope he wins uh, his U S open so he can get his triple crown or whatever it is and get out of it. You know, like if you uh, just get out, but I do understand what he's saying that if, if his numbers are correct, the corporate greed part sucks too. So, you know, I don't like Mickelson as a person and maybe it goes all, all the way back to the Nate Conroy situation. I don't know, but I don't, I've never, <laughs> I've never really, Aired for Phil, so um, yeah. Shout out. This is some classic, classic Mickelson, Michael Jordan story. Shout out, Nate. You know what it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with everything he said. He makes some, he makes some points. I just, I, I question his numbers. I question the green comment when it, it clearly can, can, kind of reflect on him that he's, he's the same way. Um, so. Moving on, though, um, Waste Management Open this week. You're going to be there. I am. I'm going to be uh, – we have tickets for three days. I think we're going to do uh, Thursday. and I think Thursday is a pretty big day there. Uh, Friday is pretty large, too. It is Super Bowl on Sunday, so we're going to do the weekend. Um, hopefully – Hopefully Sunday there's something fun to watch. Uh, I think I think we'll have pretty decent access to the course. I mean, it's still limited, a little bit limited uh, because of COVID, but for the most part, it's I don't know what the capacity is compared to normal, but it's a little down. So I think we'll have pretty good, pretty good run of the course. And uh, yeah, I'd like to be in there at 16 at some point, but there's a lot of other golf out there to see. And I think being able to follow people 
especially with the field. I mean, the field's awesome this week and, and there's some, there's some studs out there. So it should be for my first PJ event. I'm pretty excited about it. I just want to see how it all works. I want to see if it's something I would go to again, because there's events a lot closer than I just happened to get tickets to this one because I mentioned to Amanda a while ago that I think it was last year when it was on TV. I said, I want to be there someday like that one. I think that would be an awesome event to go to. And she bought me tickets for my birthday and we're heading out there. So um, we're actually leaving tomorrow uh, around six from Chicago and uh, pretty excited about it, especially with the field that we have. I think we're going to see a good golf tournament. It'll be a great week. I'm um, super jealous. Uh, this, this, uh, this is low key become one of the better non-majors uh, of the year. Uh, it was weird, like, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you always had this tournament on right before the Super Bowl. It's kind of something to watch. But now the field has gotten better. I think a lot of people appreciate the golf course a lot more. You know, it's, it's um, you know, I'll talk about the course in a second, but it's, you know, a lot of people think of the finish, obviously, they think of 16. I think 17 is one of the better short par fours on tour. You can make eagle, you can make double bogey. Really brings a lot of things into play at the end of the tournament. Um, a lot of good um, seating areas, not just 16. So you'll be, it's, you're going to try to make your way into 16 at some point. I said. Yeah, I, I would love to at least be in there for, you know, a couple hours just to, uh, I, it's amazing. I, it looks great on TV. I saw a TikTok the other day where a guy walked out there and hit a shot and it, it's just, it's just a cool look and I'm sure it's really loud. It's unlike anything else that the tour has to offer. Like that is probably the coolest single golf hole. Uh, and I don't know how much the players like it. You know, I was, I was watching an interview with a couple guys and they, they said they don't really care for getting booed when they don't make, they don't hit the green, but their main goal is just to hit the green. So they don't get booed. So, uh, but it is pretty cool. I mean, the fans are like right on top of them. That's a, but like you said, the, that's a great hole, but the, the finish of that course is really solid 17 and 18. I, I kind of want to hang out at 17 because I think a lot of stuff could happen there. Yeah, I think I really think that's the the swing hole. That's where last year Brooks Kepka hold out for Eagle off the green and pretty much propelled him to to the win. Um, so this course usually um, it has has gotten some comparisons as a TPC course to TPC Sawgrass with a lot of risk reward shots, water into play, especially on uh, fifteen the par five, seventeen the the short par four we we're talking about. Um, par 71, 7,200 yards. So it's not long. Um, short hitters have won here, long hitters have won here. Um, it's got a weird uh, grass on the greens. It's a Bermuda overseed, but it's also with Poa and Rye. So, but some of the smoothest surfaces on tour, uh, all indications, usually guys that win here play well year after year. And some of the, the, the research I was doing, the guys that, have one here, they win multiple times and they finish in the top 10, usually year after year. Guys like Fowler, Matsyama, Brooks, um, they not only win the tournament, they're in the top 10 year after year. So this has been like a Hideki horse, or he's a course, horse of the course on this this tournament for sure. Um, guys like John Rahm, he hasn't won here, but he's had five straight finishes in the top 20. Um, and you mentioned the strength of the field. It's, uh, I think I saw uh, where I have that. I think it's 17 of the top 30 in the world are here this week. Um, 
that's pretty ridiculous. And uh, I would I would venture to say one of those seventeen guys are going to win this tournament. Usually, you don't you don't see a lot of long shots. You don't see Tom Hoagie's Luke List winning this <laughs> tournament. It's usually um, strong players. Um, and, and the with the with the 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 length of the course, it seems like it, it has brought in guys like Webb Simpson. He won here a few years ago. Shorter hitters. Um, it seems like iron play is is the key, and guys that just flat out birdie make it's somewhere seventeen to twenty under par normally wins. Um, any other thoughts on the golf course from what you've looked at? Um, Mickelson once in twenty thirteen won it twenty eight under, which I think is ridiculous him, when you look. Way to, at way to bring him back in. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to get one more Mickelson shot in there, and it was. Uh, he was dangerous in the desert. Like he 28 is pretty incredible because most of them are around, you know, like you said, like 19, 18, somewhere around there. It's pretty normal. So, you know, it, it's very tough to to pick these strong of fields, you know, like it really is. Uh, especially at a golf course that uh, the, this specific golf course, it, like recent history doesn't really matter. And it's, it's like a certain, um, it's, it's almost like a guy who the, the, the accuracy is a little bit more important than the length, but the length still important. And I think uh, with as smooth as the greens are, I mean, it benefits some of the players that maybe aren't the best putters, kind of like, uh, like Hideki. Um, now Woodland won there not that long ago, not, not the greatest putter, but it, it seems like on certain types of greens, those guys show up and they're they're firm greens so i think a guy who hits the ball pretty high uh i think with the firm greens i think doesn't have to be a a, a top 20 putter top 50 putter it's uh it's all going to come down to like that proximity on that approach shot and and the, the longer hitters if they can keep it in the fairway probably have a lot better chance to win the thing uh but if they don't keep it in the fairway it becomes a little bit of an issue out there go through the odds uh, a little bit here. Rom is favorite at uh, I'm using Caesar Sport. Uh, Rom is the favorite at plus 750. JT at 12. Hovland, Cantlay at 16. Hideki at 18. Um, Xander at 22. Spieth at 22. And Scotty Shuffler at 28. Those are all the guys that are under 30 to 1. I think if there's ever a week, and I'll see what you think, if there's ever a week where you take a single bullet, John Rahm, even with the low odds, it's it's it could be this week. He's never won here. He played college golf at Arizona State. He's been playing in this tournament since he was an amateur. Like I said, he is, his record is really good. Um, since 2017, hasn't been outside the top 20. You know, he doesn't have the win, of course. Um, we know he's been playing great for a year plus. Uh, hasn't really gotten the wins to show for it. Um, you know, if you wanted to put a hundred dollars and just say I'm going all in on John Rahm, I, I don't think you could fault anyone for it, could you? No, I, I've I've tried to find ways around it. You know, just just looking at this tournament and looking to see where I want to put my money, uh, I, I just feel like I have a couple different options. I I load up on one of the favorites. You know, one of the elite guys that you know the 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 JTs or the Roms or you know. Even like, well, those are probably the top two for me, but 
or I'm going to drop it and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, spread that money around a little bit somewhere else. And, and I think there's just as equal of a shot as somebody coming from deep in this, uh, this thing with high, a lot, much higher odds that, that could pull it off. And I'm going to have like, I'm basically going to have like a, a, a list of different kind of picks, but, um, one of my categories is not ROM category because, you know, it's, it's hard not to pick him here. Uh, everything looks like it's going to go that way, but that's why they play, I guess. Yeah. If anyone has like a free $50 plus bet hanging around in one of your accounts, it might be a good week to go with Ron, but JT, he hasn't won here. He's played well. Um, for for a while here, he's finished uh, in the last four years, 17th, 3rd, 3rd, and 13th. He's at 12. Hovland is maybe the hottest player in the world. He's moved up to number three. He's won, I think, three of his last six starts. And uh, a guy like Cantley, who didn't even really play well last week, um, there he is threatening to win. He's at 16 as well. Cantley's never played here, of course. Um, Hovland's pretty interesting because he is just a pure birdie maker. Um, and then, but then there's Hideki at 18, and we know that he's been on run, got the course history. Um, you're right, though. There's any any one of these top six, seven guys you can make an argument for. It's it's kind of just picking your lane and going with it. I made I made two bets today already. Um, a little bit further down, I I took Scotty Shuffler at uh, 2800. Finished seventh here last year. He obviously, as I limited starts being a young player, but he's never won on tour. I like his ability to just make birdies. Um, when he gets going with the putter, he's as hot as anyone. I love the number on him. And then below that, I took Sam Burns at 3,300. Uh, anyone that listens knows that I love Sam Burns. He's long. He just destroys par fives and short fours. He's a really good putter on Bermuda, on on greens that just roll really smoothly. Um, I think the value on those guys I like the best. Um, I'll probably add one of the top guys to, to what I'm going to do for the week, but I'll have to think about it. And, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure which way I'll go with, um, anyone there in that, that middle tier at the, the low twenties or high thirties like. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a, well, I've got one in that category and it was the guy that I originally picked to, that I thought was going to win the whole thing. Um, and that's Scheffler. Uh, I like, uh, I like him getting his first victory out there. I think that's, uh, I think things are going well for him and, and some of his, uh, his recent finishes and, and the way that he's played, uh, the way he played last year, like I think he's due and I think this place could set up really good for him. So I, I went with Scheffler and, and like the elite pick, I'm not, I I'm bored with picking Rom. So I, I think if somebody in that top, six or seven is going to win. It's going to be JT. I think he's due for a win. And, uh, I, I think like, like most of these guys, they, if they put it, put it together for a weekend, they're hard to beat. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see all these guys at the end, but my money, like if I was going to put a chunk of money on somebody, I'd put it on Scheffler. I, I like that. I like the odds there. I don't like to bet on guys that are, you know, under 10 to one odds. It's not even to me. It's, yeah. it's like, I got a, I, I, it's too much of a chance for somebody like me. I like to spread it out. So yeah. And your, your bet size would have to be pretty substantial to get any decent return on, on John Rom. 
uh, at that point. Right. And that's something that I know Johnny and I talk about. It's just, it's just not value in betting the favorite unless you're, you're feeling really confident they're going to win. Um, or you have a bunch of free bets and you want to get rid of them. That's a great place to unload on a guy like that. But I mean, to, to put down $50 or, uh, even a hundred dollars to, to win seven fifty. I mean, I've won that much, but not on a guy that had those kind of odds. You know, it was always a longer shot. That's where I won the money at. So it's, it's kind of how I, I bet on this stuff. And usually I'll put in two or three pre-tournament and then I won't do it again until either late in the day on Friday or early Saturday. And I don't usually do anything past then. You know, I, I usually just stick with it, but. The, uh, 3,000 to 5,000 rings. Uh, you could easily find a winner in here too. You know, I, I talked about Burns. I bet him Brooks is, is the defending champion right there at 3,000. Finau has had good success here as well. Webb has won here. Bubba has had really good success coming off a runner up. I don't know if the, the trip back from Saudi affects him. I don't know if that's even a thing these days. Um, Guys like Oosthuizen, Adam Scott. There's Harold Varner at five thousand. Um, you know, there's uh, there's probably one guy in here I would I would take a, a chance on. It's probably Bubba. Uh, Bubba traditionally has won his tournaments on three or four courses. He always plays well at Augusta. He always plays well at Riviera, where we're playing next week. Um, and, and, and in Phoenix, he always plays well. So usually when Bubba gets going, he gets feeling good. He's happy. He plays some pretty good golf. Um, I think I think at that number, that's a reasonable number to take a chance on him. Anyone in that range for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I had Bubba Watson, but I had him as the uh, ruin my weekend pick for me because I'm obviously not a Bubba Watson fan, but like I could totally see him having a really good weekend out there. So, um, and it would just, I don't know, it would just be fitting. It'd be fitting to, it'd be like going to Charlotte and watching Jeff Burton win. You know, it's just, it's kind of what, what I do. So, um, but I, 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 I had, I had Bubba immediately and it was right in that range. And I'm like, yeah, that's the guy that'll ruin it. I mean, a lot of guys in that range to pick though. There's so many guys in that, in that range that I, I would be willing to, to put some down. I, I had a bunch of other guys written down. Um, I really, I, I guess I really like Webb Simpson too. Like I, I think Simpson is a, a good pick there. Uh, he's one there. So I, but I'm going to go with Bubba. I was going to say about Bubba, you know, with, with the fans being rowdy, like if he's, if he's hitting good shots, he's going to feed off of the, of the fans. He's also on the other side though. He's the type of player where if something happens where you know, there's noise in his his backswing. He hits a he hits a bad shot. He's gonna be a dick about it. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, it's about time that he, we need to get like some version of the new, you know, like the old mud ball. We need a new version of that right. in some. So I don't know where we're gonna find it, but we need one from him. Uh, five thousand and above. I, you know. Like I said, there hasn't been a long shot winner that has won here in quite a while. Harold Varner coming off the win at five thousand. I don't, I don't see him winning back to back tournaments. Uh, there's Hoagie and Luke List, the last two winners. They're at six thousand. Um, you know, there's probably been 
more crazy things that have happened than, than a, a guy like that winning back to back, but uh, it's out there. I always gravitate to a guy like Max at 6,600. Um, you know, he's won three times in the last, I guess, three years now. I just see, I see win equity. I see a guy that is just going to pop up. And when he pops up, he's in contention to win tournaments. So I like the number on Max at 66. Um, Ricky Fowler has just, he's always played well here. Um, since his last win, um, he's had several top fives, top tens. He's sitting there at 8,000. Any, any interest in Rick? Yeah, I don't know how this is working out this way tonight. I didn't write Max Homa down, but on, on my actual picks in this range, but he was written down on, on a guy I might throw some money on. Uh, but Fowler definitely is in, um, you know, maybe a little bit because I hope, you know, at some point he, he, he wins an event or he kind of gets back into the mix. Cause I, I liked Ricky, you know, like I liked Ricky at his prime and it's kind of, you know, I don't want that to be his prime, but I guess at this point in his career, it, it kind of was. And I, I would love to see him win. I think that would be a, a fan favorite win. I think, um, a feel good win in golf too. You know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes that's, that's the, the guy who has had a rough go of it for several years. And, uh, at once was a, a big time star kind of fall off the face of the, the earth there for a while. And no, it would be, it would be a pretty awesome situation. I would love it. Um, that would be a, that'd be a fun one for me, but that's who I picked in that same, same ballpark. In fact, I already put $10 on, I don't know why I just wanted to on Fowler. Yes. He he missed the cut last year, 37th in 2020, but before that he'd won a 19, 11th and 18, and, and a top five and 17. Um, I, I From that range, I, I love Aaron Wise. Uh, this is sort of the range I really like to try to pick a guy every week that, that can contend. His ball striking is uh, really top 20 on tour, straight, uh, tee to green. His putter – Used to be one of the worst on tour. He's using one of those long ones now, the awkward looking ones, but it's helped him. Um, he's, he's kind of an average putter now, but I, I like his ball striking. I like his number 8,000. Um, anyone that you've seen that's Kevin over Kisner. Kisner. Nah, Kisner in that group, I like that. I think he's like eight or nine or somewhere around. Yeah, that. eight. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think I had anybody over. I'm not any fun, so I don't think anybody over 10,000. 10, so I had Gary Woodland on here, but that was more just just because I feel like he putts, putts well here, and, and the, this tournament couldn't just come down to putting. I did have Woodland written down as well um, as, as a guy to just kind of watch out for. He's had good course history, 100 to 1. Um, I do like Cam Davis as well, 100 to 1. He's long off the tee, tears apart par fives. There's par fives here. Um, I'm sorry, there's three par fives, but the par fives are all reachable. Um, so I like him. And then um, oh, who's the other guy I had? Oh, KH Lee. It's so random, but uh, at TPC courses, <laughs> TPC courses, he's done really well in the past. Uh, this is uh, he won um, in Texas last year, 125 to one. Uh, that's a fun one as well. I probably have several more down the board for top 20, but uh, 
that's kind of the guys that I'm looking at for for wins. Um, well, it should be a good week for you. Um, I'll be interested to to see where you end up and and what your day looked like while I'm sitting uh, sitting at my desk at work or sitting at home and uh, waiting for updates. Well, it'll be 81 degrees on uh, Thursday in Phoenix. So I, not much else could go wrong, you know, honestly, from this last week around here to go to 81 and sunny and just walk around a golf course. It, it sounds like a pretty good deal to me. I'll be, uh, I will definitely be sending you video and pictures and uh, it'll probably be like, I don't take a lot of pictures and stuff, but I'll probably, if I don't, I'll just have a man to take take pictures so i don't look like a weirdo that is a woman's taking a picture doesn't seem like it's so bad it doesn't yeah uh, yeah. but jamie has already requested uh pictures of kisner he's a big kisner guy so he wants uh wants some video of kisner so we'll we'll get some of that for him i'm just excited to see how it, it all it all works because like i said it's my first event and uh never really thought my first event would be in phoenix but yeah, kind of perfect. I, I know we were uh, discussing maybe going to the memorial and, and to at a place much closer. Um, so I'll be I'll be interested to hear the feedback from you. And uh, yeah, I, a guy like Kisner, you could probably get pretty close to this week because uh, everyone else is going to be following maybe the bigger names, and that that's I think that provides right. a pretty good opportunity to see those kind of guys um, where there's less fanfare. Um, so be fun to see. Yeah, where we're going to have three days to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, three days worth of that. I think we'll both be pretty tired. It'll be a lot of walking. It'll be long days out there, but it's, it's kind of what the whole vacation's planned around is this event. We're not even going to take our golf clubs because we don't, can't really squeeze it in anywhere. We want, we actually want to, you know, sightsee and visit some other things besides the golf um, and casinos. She wants to visit quite a few casinos, so we'll do that. But yes, I'm excited. I think it'll be a blast and, uh, I'll definitely touch base with you on uh, the memorial because I have a feeling, you know, you go to one of these and you're probably going to want to go to more. So, all right, dude, appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Should be a good week. Put some money on uh, Ricky Fowler people. Let's go Rick. Let's get it done. Uh, your, your, your best bet on YouTube. Uh, we'll get get this one back up. We were not allowed to put the Days of Thunder uh, podcast on due to my wife uh, requesting that not happen. So we'll get this one back up. Um, Facebook, Instagram, check us out. We'll have picks up Wednesday and uh, have a big Super Bowl show later in the week with Zach and Nate. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Oh,